0: Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches Podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful.
1: Hello all you mermaids of the Mammaries. (laughs) And welcome to another episode of The Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me as always is a mermaid in her own right
0: miss carla wayne right
1: right right
0: <laughs> oh you know when i was a kid they they used to call me carla wayne wrong
1: oh yeah that's fucking brutal
0: well you know kids
1: i've known you for this long and that's the first time you've told me that hey carla no, wayne and wayne they used to
0: call me Kaka wayne right wayne wrong <laughs>
1: Sorry that I'm laughing. I was not expecting that either. Hey, Taka Wayne, wrong. I'm going to get drunk sometime with you. And you know, that's going to come out just for the sake of hilarity. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what did like you get so- called as a kid? Um, I don't, freckle face. It was more about appearance things. There was like a parent's friend that couldn't say Leah. And so, and I was very young. And so we'd call me Lily me and my brother would torment each other and like, no, I can't even say it because now in this time it probably just sounds racist. So I'll just keep that to myself. And it was mainly just rhyming of our names. So, (laughs) but I don't remember any specific names that people called me. Yeah. I don't use my last name on this show very
0: much, but even then thinking it, I can't think of no, nobody twisted that around. Well, that's good. Lucky you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they just call me freckle face, pizza face, short shit, you know, those types of things. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, in addition to these such myths, today is all about setting the record straight about some of the sex myths that have been floating around for years. And while some of them might be more obvious, like you can't get pregnant from just swimming in a pool... But sure, you can have sex in a pool. Others you might be surprised by, like just how many calories does bumping uglies burn off? So we're here to laugh at some of the ridiculousness of what people sometimes believe and what the reality of the situation actually is.
0: Yes, we are. So we're going to start with the classic. You can't get pregnant if. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, these are really... um, probably mostly in the realm of teens, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe some adults too. And oh, I'm sure maybe, there's still some adults too. Oh, for sure. No shortage of questions about what can or cannot cause pregnancy and what sort of extenuating circumstances can impact that sperm's journey to the would-be egg. So here are the, some of the top, <laughs> you can't get pregnant ifs. Okay. So you can't get pregnant if it's your first time.
1: Well, we know that's fucking wrong.
0: Yeah, I actually have a friend who was conceived that way. Yeah. I've heard yeah. lots of these stories. <laughs> it was and well, actually we'll get to that in a second. Uh you can't get pregnant if um you're having sex on your period.
1: <sighs>
0: Less likely, but you still can. Yeah. You, you can't get pregnant if you stand up after sex. Oh my God, how many people got
1: pregnant that way? <sighs>
0: yeah. I mean you can have sex standing up, so I'm pretty sure you can. <laughs> You can get pregnant. Uh, if you stand up afterwards, uh, you can't get pregnant if you shower or wash after sex. Okay. And you can't get pregnant if it's just pre-cum. Oh, I remember those conversations with friends. Yep. It
1: was just pre-cum. I think I'm okay.
0: Yep. Uh, before I get onto the, the, the one that um the one where you can get pregnant, if any, anything I missed Julia. Leah?
1: Uh, I don't know. My brain's not working. I'll I'll throw it out there if it you know it comes back around. I think
0: you can't get pregnant if you jump up and down afterwards, like you just shake <laughs> it all
1: out. Oh yeah. Get that bedside trampoline out, ladies. Oh, that mess is gonna be fun to clean up.
0: <laughs> but this one I think was funny. So and my favorite one of you can get pregnant if you have oral sex. Um you can? Yeah, well, I guess there's a myth out there that you can get pregnant if you have oral sex, uh which is apparently related to the myth that swallowing semen will make you more fertile.
1: Okay, well, guess
0: who fucking came up with that I idea? Know. I think we have to have oral sex first, honey.
1: <laughs> and you got to swallow it. You got to swallow yeah, because it. because
0: the sperm we want to attack from both ends. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Hey. Why don't you
1: just sneeze in my face while you're at it? Like no shame to people that like to swallow like your man's yogurt, yo- but uh, not this gal. <laughs> Next myth: Women want relationship sex; men want casual trysts. So research suggests that both men and women desire a variety of sexual experiences, including casual sex and committed relationships. A study published in the Journal of Archives of Sexual Behavior found that women were just as likely as men to engage in casual sex and their motivations for doing so were similar. In fact, women are up are as up for no strings attached sex as men, provided that they feel safe in the situation and that they're judged and that they've judged their partners to be competent. Yes.
0: Yeah, although, you know, that they judge their partner to be competent.
1: Nah, yeah, I don't know, like yeah. Women also look past many many red flags. So,
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, totally. Totally. Um Yeah, and I think also part of the thing though for this kind of like no strings attached sex is no matter what, a guy can, you know, he can still orgasm, but uh only 35% of women apparently in um no strings attached sex actually have an orgasm. So Yeah, that doesn't surprise me either. No. No. Okay. Next myth. It's kind of related that men are more interested in non-monogamy than women. So this is totally false. Uh, Wednesday Martin, have you ever heard of Wednesday Martin?
1: Mm-mm.
0: No, she's, she's pretty awesome. Who's known for her work on female sexuality and female desire, specifically in the context of non-monogamous relationships. She challenges the idea that women are naturally not. um Sorry, are naturally monogamous and argues that women's sexual desires are more diverse and complex than society acknowledges, of course. Mm -hmm. And she cites research that suggests that women are just as interested in non monogamous relationships as men, and that actually women are more likely to be the instigators of non monogamy in relationships. And she argues that women's desire for sexual variety and non monogamy. Um, have historically been suppressed and even even pathologized, and that society should actually embrace a more inclusive and accepting view of women's sexuality. So I actually, when I first heard that, which is a while ago, I thought it was pretty interesting that it's actually, it's mostly or more often women who are asking for non-monogamous relationships um, than men
1: I could kind of see that in some cases for sure, because if we look at a lot of like, especially in my age demographic of 40s, there's a lot of people getting divorced that have been married for 20 years, all through their 20s. And now they just they're like, oh, well, I need a woman again. And they're just they look to lock somebody down without dealing without their shit. Whereas like women are like, fuck that. I'm going to go play the field. (laughs) i going to have a good time, you know, so I, I could, I could see how that would work. Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And if anyone's interested, who's listening uh, Wednesday, Martin's book, it's called untrue. Why nearly everything we believe about women lust and infidelity is wrong and how the new science can set us free. That's quite the title. Yeah. <laughs> good one.
1: Next myth on average, men think about sex every seven seconds and that's an average of over 8,200 thoughts during a waking day, <laughs> maybe as teenagers.
0: Do <laughs> you remember that though? Like, I remember hearing something like that. Like Yeah.
1: Mostly in teen years. I don't know. Yeah. It was yep. just like, hey, I just experienced a boner. <laughs> I'm going to touch this to everything. <laughs> so the reality is that Sexy thinking pops into men's heads only about 19 times per day on average, based on a study that was for students aged 18 to 25. So to put this into perspective, thoughts about food occupied the mind 18 times. All right, I can get behind that. As for their female counterparts, women reported an average about 10 sexy thoughts per day while they thought about food 15 times a day. <laughs> I'm always thinking about food. <laughs> But this may be due to the fact that females experience greater societal pressures to diet and struggle more with their body positivity. I'm honestly just thinking about what's delicious
0: and what I'm going to (laughs) eat. I think that's part of it. But I think that it's skewed. Like we might think about sex less because we're feeling, you know, not so great about our bodies. And then we're Mm -hmm. also thinking about food more because we're feeling not so great about our bodies, Mm -hmm. you know. All those things. Okay, next sex myth. <laughs> sex burns major calories. Oh. So <laughs> this isn't actually that surprising to me, but sex burns significantly less calories g- than, of course, cardio. <laughs> like running. <laughs> I mean, I guess it totally depends on what kind of sex you're having. Unless you're and, doing like, like
1: power generation. penetration. Oof, oof,
0: oof. That's right. That's right. You know, like um, you may be having super cardio. Focus uh, <laughs> sex. I don't know.
1: Good for you. Get those abs while you're getting banged.
0: That's right. <laughs> so, according to a study at the University of Montreal, my hometown, uh, men burn more than 100 calories during sex on average, and women burn <laughs> 69 calories during sex.
1: Wow. Wow. Wow.
0: Calories. That's right. So, if you compared this to a half hour light run where women burn about 213 calories, you you uh you burn way more calories jogging but i can say probably hopefully you're having way more fun burning sex calories than going for a jog
1: yeah yeah i'm just like i get tired reading a suggestion of going for a jog <laughs> uh next myth a penis needs to be large in order for your partner to have a satisfying sexual experience Penis size does not determine sexual pleasure or promise that your sexual experience will be a satisfying one. For many women, the best formula involves the right amount of friction and stimulation of the clitoris, which doesn't even require a phallic device. Good sex is about intimacy, great chemistry, and doesn't hinge on specific genitalia. While intercourse can lead to different kinds of orgasms, there's no promise that one size will be a benefit. But never forget, studies suggest lesbian orgasms, lesbians orgasm more than straight women, so no penis, big or small, is necessary for satisfying sexual experience. And this is true. I've been
0: with some horse cocks in my time, and they didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. I mean, I, for sure, I think that you can have a preference, but just because a penis is big, doesn't, doesn't equate. You uh, don't just
1: put it in. And then because it's massive, it's a, it's a carpet Python (laughs) bringing back the carpet Python (laughs) shout out to my homie in Kentucky, but no, you've got to do stuff with it. (laughs) That's right.
0: That's right. And somebody who has a smaller penis can be a fabulous lover. So it's like yep. you know, one has nothing to do with the other. Okay, uh, this one is important, and I think that everyone listening will know this, but it always bears repeating that saying yes once to sex means yes always. <laughs> so like, no, yeah. no, no, this is not a thing. So. You know, some people believe that if you give consent to a partner once, it means that you're contractually bound forever to always engage in sex. And um, there's also people who think that just because you're married, then you're required to say yes to sex. So every single sexual encounter requires consent. Consent is always freely given. It's reversible, meaning you can change your mind. And it's a personal decision, and it really needs to happen every time for sex to be consensual. So no means no. Yes is very specific. And if you aren't sure, guess what? All you do, ask. And you're allowed to revoke consent in
1: the middle of the act, or if you're just about to have the act and you just said yes before that. So just fucking remember that. Next myth, men and women have sexual peaks at different ages. Well, if this is the first time you've ever listened to our show, you know that's not true. A myth has persisted for years that men have a sexual peak in their teenage years and women peak in their mid-30s. This myth likely originated from the Kinsey research about sexuality in the middle of the 20th century. That study actually counted up how many orgasms people were having at different ages, and a sexual peak is more about the time during which a person has the highest level of hormones in their body. The reality is that there's no biological determinant on age and that great sex is possible at any age and can actually get better as we get older.
0: Correct. And we've talked about this lots of times. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard us say this before, go through our catalog. Have that reinforced. Because yeah. it's really, Yeah. Sex can, lots of people having the best sex of their lives, 60s, 70s, etc. Okay, next the myth. Uh, sex will affect your sports performance. It's not really an issue for me. but I yeah,
1: mean, either fitting this cake <laughs> in my mouth. It's funny that you bring this one up because like I would, you'd see it lots in like 80s and 90s movies. Mm-hmm. When there's like the big game was tomorrow and coach totally. was yelling at the team not to go out and get laid to, like tonight
0: exactly exactly uh this is this one is actually really old like yeah. ancient china and ancient greece oh old. wow yeah really old so the idea behind the myth is that the pleasures of the flesh would subdue athlete's focus and aggression so testosterone uh, after sex so on the other hand the lack of sexy time would increase frustration and boost energy Studies have totally debunked this, and actually, sex can be really beneficial for both the mind and the body before sports or competition, largely to help release stress. So, if anything, go if it's going back,
1: it. if it's going back that far to ancient China and Greece, the sport was likely killing other men, you know, like in arenas and shit like that. So, I could see where maybe that came from like, keep up your aggression, kill those motherfuckers tomorrow. <laughs> Not just skipping out there with your sword, and you're like, "I got made last night. Who wants to die today?" <laughs> you, you, you.
0: Anyways, you kind of gladiator fights, like me? boy band gladi- gladiator fights. <laughs>
1: this is Sparta. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. having a much younger lover means better sex. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) There is no promise that having a younger lover means being better in the sack. Chemistry involves a whole bunch of factors. And in fact, more lived experience may lead to better sex. Part of the myth is that younger people have more energy and endurance, but this isn't necessarily true either. And even just like the dating world and then even back to movies again. It was these younger dudes that were, like, with older women because they were experienced. Hello?
0: Yes. But sometimes I was wondering what she was getting out of it. Kind of depends.
1: Maybe it was just, I mean, okay. When you're younger, you have a lot, like, firmer body and muscles and shit like that that stay. I mean, I wouldn't mind petting that if you were, even if you're a little bit horrible in the sack. I'd be like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Let grandma Leah take her teeth out and touch you. <laughs> come here, boy.
0: <laughs> <sighs> uh. <laughs> that's a visual. Thanks, Leah.
1: <laughs> that's 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 future, Leah, getting off the spaceship, showing you what's to come so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah, so this one's not very funny, but also important, and hopefully everyone knows this: that you can tell if you or your partner has an STI. Um, and uh, <clears throat> sorry, you can tell if if you or your partner has an STI just by looking. And the follow-up one is that you can't get an STI through oral sex.
1: You can, in fact, get an STI through oral
0: sex. No so exactly. These are the myths. Like, yeah, that you can I know tell your partner I'm just has saying. one. Totally. So. You know, lots of STIs don't have any outward symptoms like HPV, gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV. And you can get an STI from giving or receiving oral sex if your partner's infected. So STIs are really common. It's estimated that in the U.S. and Canada, one in five people has one at any given time. So it's like a lot. It's 20% of the population. So I, I also feel like it's really important. Like, of course, be careful, recognize, practice safe sex or safer sex, all of those things. Um, but I also want to normalize that STIs are pretty common and there's so much shame around STIs and, um, you know, while many STIs are, are curable, there are some that aren't, but they're usually manageable. So just take care of yourself and get the support you need.
1: You can also get like STIs in your eyeball, like gonorrhea and chlamydia facts.
0: Mm. Yeah. Is that if like somebody jizzes in your eye?
1: I mean, maybe. So like a story that I did read about and then went, looked into was like, this is really gross. Um, some woman, I think, was like at the gym using equipment and then Buddy came along, took his towel, wiped down the equipment before using it and then like wiped his face with it. And then it was like in his oh. eyeball. Because those like that's bodily fluid to bodily fluid, if right. you look at Like the chlamydia and gonorrhea aspect of it. So,
0: yeah, yes. yeah, but just putting that out there, though, that that's probably incredibly rare. So, don't stop going to the gym if you're listening. No,
1: I wasn't meaning like that or like, oh, I'm going to pull out my <laughs> giant like bench condom, you know, but like maybe have two different towels if you're going to yes. do those things, right? Like, if you've yeah. ever been to the strippers, like you should be wiping down your pole afterwards. Before the next lady goes up. Yes. Agreed. It's not just the snail juice, you know, like there could be stuff in there. Agreed. You know, courtesy.
0: Courtesy Facts. towel. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. We, <laughs> the courtesy chlamydia towel. <laughs> okay. we got one last myth for today. A woman's vagina can reveal how many partners she's had. And let me tell you, it's like throwing hot dogs down a hallway, boys. (laughs) I've just saved the loopiness for the end of today, I swear to God. But the idea being that the looser her vagina is, the more partners she's had. How tight or loose a vagina feels depends on each woman's genetics and the fit between her and her partner. The vag is incredibly elastic, remember? And it has the ability to accommodate the passing of a baby. And then you've got something in brackets like virginity. I know.
0: But before I get to that, because when I wrote that title, a woman's vagina can reveal how many partners she had, I started to think about like a tree and tree rings or something <laughs> like that. Like you can count?
1: It's dick rings. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, this is this one's 13 and this one's, you know, 42. <laughs>
1: What does that mean? All I got to say is where do all my rings go? Cause you <laughs> might be all the way through up to my fucking throat at this point. <laughs> yeah. What's going down my throat. Oh my God. There's rings on either end. Just like, you know, at the beginning of trying to get pregnant up top and bottom.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- well, I mean, it also speaks to the myth about virginity. Like, you know, if, if um, that a woman's has to bleed, the first time she has sex, not necessarily. And, um, yeah, the, a woman's vagina, basically, uh, the looser it is has nothing to do with how many sexual partners she's had. Of course it's all. Yeah. What if you break
1: your hymen on a bicycle? Like I did, like that was
0: years before. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you would have been in big trouble a long time ago. If they had that, you know, first night ritual and then showed everybody the sheet
1: Oh my god. Afterwards.
0: Just yeah. Walk
1: out with your victory sheet or what? Exactly.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> Thankfully, not a thing anymore, at least in this part of the world. And hopefully not in any part of the world. Um, but if you are concerned about uh, being able to strengthen those muscles in your vagina, listen to the Jade Egg episode. Yeah, the Yoni Egg episode. Ago. Not that long ago. Because you can strengthen those muscles. So yes, it it depends on genetics. It depends on the fit with your partner. And at the same time, those are all muscles, and muscles can be toned and um, strengthened. So keep Do those pussy push-ups. Pussy push-ups. Mm, mm, mm,
1: mm, mm, mm. uh, uh. I'm doing it right now. I can't even tell. Well, you can, because I'm being over exaggerative about it. <laughs> so if there was a myth you used to believe that maybe we didn't cover on the show let us know we want to hear all about it and we'll include it in an upcoming intro and um it's been a while since we've had a fabulous interview so for on the next show a mystery guest is going to be revealed this is your life carla wainwright remember your grade three teacher (laughs) just kidding that's not our guest (laughs)
0: He used to whip chalk at our heads totally not oh, okay now we but. really
1: want to have him back welcome it was, it was to quite your
0: what and he played the guitar for us when we were good so anyway yeah was oh. a good
1: <laughs> kids today would a have never people. survived school that we went to <laughs> anyways before we you know go even crazier than we already have i'm little leah
0: And I'm Carla. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we will see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique Radical Sex Witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.